Yo, guys, another podcast coming at you. We're catching up with Stephen Drake. He's going to be talking to us about recent sheep hunts he's been on up north, other cool stuff, what mountain houses he likes to eat, and his 70 to 200 breaking. So check it out. All right. Stephen Drake has just returned from the wilds of where? Where have you been, bro? Kind of all over Canada. Yeah, I was in the Northwest Territories. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I always pick up a bit of an accent every time I. If you if you travel somewhere, usually overseas, because that's where the accents are. It's like you pick up like, yeah, you totally pick up some of their sayings. Yeah. After like two weeks, like oh, it sticks for sure. And I spent enough time in Canada. I kind of talk like a Canadian you know, sometimes. Yeah, so. I don't feel like it's too bad. Drake's he's got to move his mic. I think you need to move your mic a little closer no. to your face because you moved your headset. Closer now. Technical difficulties. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, so Drake's been gone. How long have you been gone? Like a month and a half? Yeah, six weeks in total. Basically, I've been in the field shooting photos on assignment for like 42 days in total. So That's a long time, dude. Yeah, it's been a, it's been pretty crazy. It's nice. To How many home. different trips was that then? Um, three different trips. So quick rundown. I went up to the Northwest territories to do, to photograph a doll sheep hunt with my buddy, Dustin Rowe. Um, and, uh, he was actually guiding another client. And then after the client killed, um, then Dustin was able to hunt. So, um, in five days we killed two sheep, one with a bow, which is pretty cool. And then after that, I drove down to, uh, uh, Dustin's like, it was basically outfit headquarters. So he runs backcountry BC and beyond. Um, and they have a they have an outfit in in British Columbia, and so went down there and hung out with those guys for like five days. Just shot photos of kind of like like the behind the scenes of what happens with the hunting outfit, which is actually super cool. And um, we jumped up in a in a bush plane a couple of times and just flew around and checked out the outfit, scouted a bunch, and uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty unique uh, experience. Just it was just cool to to see and also photograph some of the behind the scenes. Um, then after that, I went to, I flew directly to an island off the coast of BC called Haida Gwaii. Um, spent 10 days there and that one, we, we had a black tailed deer and then we, we fished, we caught crabs, like did a bunch of like epic, like, uh, beach cooking basically. Um, yeah. two, two of the guys that went, uh, they're, uh, they're like professional chefs. So it was like Dude, epic meals and living just, a tough life. It sounds like totally. Yeah. <laughs> Like chanterelle mushrooms everywhere. So like just it's just like harvesting everything you can from like nature basically and then cooking these rad meals and uh like it, so it was, it was it was like food photography and hunting kind of combined. So that was pretty nice. unique and super fun. Heck yeah. Man. And then my last one, um um, so the third trip of the summer went up to British Columbia, kind of like north central BC. We did a, a caribou hunt, um, like a fly in backpack uh, ten day caribou hunt. So. Did you guys get a caribou? We didn't. No, we uh, we got some very gnarly weather. <laughs> I got saw stuck the, in a tent I saw the uh, Grizz getting a marmot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was dude. It's crazy some of the things you see out there, and that uh, yeah, we'll dive into it later. But it's like I always take my spotting scope on every single trip, and yeah. like um, I'm always just you know just filming stuff with like my phone scope of like that. I mean, like yeah, in an ideal world, I would have got like a hundred yards away and like filmed it with my big zoom lens, and it would have been like some nat geo like quality whatever oh, yeah. but like just seeing they're just seeing that like who sees that like it's just pretty wild stuff. yeah well you got to tell the story now since we talked about it long enough okay so, so what <laughs> happened you're trying to get over this ridge well so we got up on this ridge and uh well back up uh we're we're climbing up from where we got dropped off in a float plane trying to get up onto this big plateau to then start caribou hunting 
And uh, along the way, we in one little basin, the basin wasn't wasn't a mile wide. There was there was five grizzly bears in it <laughs> that we could see anyway. And uh, there was a sow and a cub that were fairly close to us. And then so we we kind of navigated around them. And fortunately, they were uh, rather wary of humans. They probably never seen us before, and so they they definitely ran. Unlike yeah bears in other parts of the world but uh <laughs> anyway so we get up on top of the plateau and then uh, i think the next morning um we had some pretty bad weather and then it then it cleared and then across the plateau there's the what looked to be the same sow and cub and they're just kind of cruising and all of a sudden the mom starts just digging in this hole and i yeah there's a bunch of like marmots and like ground squirrels um running around up on this plateau and so so she's digging trying to trying to get a meal and so i filmed her through the spotting scope for 17 minutes I was like, oh gosh, this is gonna be a huge clip. <laughs> I was just like, kept thinking like, oh, she's gonna give up or like that's that squirrel like is not there. And then all of a sudden, squirrel just comes ripping out from out of the ground and like just starts running in circles and the, the sow and the, the cub are just like running in circles, chasing the thing. Like the cub's getting in the way and the mom's just trying to like yeah. push the push the cub out of the way. Like it was, it was pretty hilarious, but they, they ran around in circles for maybe 20 seconds or I don't know, 10 seconds and then finally got it. And uh, yeah, crazy. I know. I thought she was going to do all that work and then it was going to run to another hole. Or <laughs> I something. figured it would have too. I couldn't believe. So I, I thought it was a, a, a hoary marmot, which is like a, a pretty big marmot. Like, I don't mm. know, maybe an eight pound little rodent, which is a good meal. And, uh, and then when the thing popped out of the, the hole, it's like, no, that's like a, like a little ground squirrel. Like it was yeah. tiny. I was like, that seems like a lot of effort for yeah. a small meal. And I was trying to think, I was like, I wonder how many calories were burnt for her to dig that up and then eat that little tiny ground squirrel. And then if like, I don't know, I, I, they, they ran over the hill when they ate it. So I never, I never saw if they split it in half or like yeah. <laughs> how it was consumed it or who ate like it. It looked like a mouthful and that was about it. Yeah. Like one swallow for a bear. So I was, yeah. was kind of surprised at that, but uh, yeah, super cool. Really, really unique experience. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. So you were gone, what, 42 days you said? Yep. How many of those do you think are travel versus like in the field on the hunt? Um, well, I mean, Honestly, a lot of the travel days, like I'm shooting content around that yeah. as well. If, if I'm traveling with people, if I'm traveling by myself, it's it's kind of challenging. Or if you're just doing commercial flights by yourself, it's like, eh. Yeah. But like between the first and the second trip, like, I mean, I drove like 12 hours with my buddy Dustin and then one of his um, guides that works for him. Uh, yeah. His name's Cash. And like we got a lot of kind of unique, different stuff just during the travel. So um, like what? one question I get a lot is like, like, how do you like shoot something differently? It's like, well, like one, one way would be to try to capture images around other aspects of the hunt that nobody else really does. Mm -hmm. And like, like it's easy to go up on a hunt and shoot like, Oh, like here's the start of the hunt. Here's like the highs and lows, like when you're actually out in the field, but then it's like, what, what happens like 365 in the day, you know, yeah. in life of, of a hunter. So it's like trying to capture some of that, I, I think is, that, that's one way to kind of differentiate yourself. So like, so I, I love shooting the travel aspect. Yeah. I'm um, just, cause it's just cause it's different. It's kind of fun. So you don't usually have a whole lot else going on to you. If yeah. you have cards and batteries to burn, you might as well shoot it. Yeah. Totally. I feel like that stuff takes a while. You got to shoot it a bit before like the really good ideas kind of yeah. crop up too. Yeah, totally. So. Or angles. I mean, I guess if you want to get photos that most people aren't getting, just shoot when most people wouldn't. Like if you just shot a bunch during travel time, yeah, 
eventually it'll probably get a cool shot. Totally. And if you start moving the camera and like think about unique angles, it takes some like effort to get. Yeah. Because most people aren't going to put in a lot of effort yeah. on like travel. Totally. Yeah. But yeah. if you do, like you can get some really cool shots. Yeah. Well, one, you, you see it all the time now, but it's like, I remember like the first time I ever did it. That's like, I'd, I wouldn't say I like pioneered this, this method by at, at all, but like, I hadn't really seen it in the hunting space at all. But, uh, it was like, I think it was five years ago. I was up in Northern BC and, uh, we were, we had a big diesel, whatever F three fifty truck or something. And then we were, we were pulling a big trailer on the back. And then we, I think, I think we had like four Rams on the back, just, mm. just the Ram schools. And so, um, Dustin Rowe was actually driving and I, um, he's just ripping down this dirt road and I jumped up on top of the truck while he's like ripping. And, uh, I shot this photo with, with a wide angle and I basically, I just showed the, I slowed the lens or slowed the, the, the shutter down. I think it was like maybe one tenth of a second or, or whatever. Yeah. It just like held really still and just shot it. And I was shooting straight, um, straight back down the road. So you could see like the, the bed of the truck, you can see the trailer and you can see all these Ram skulls on there and then just like everything else gets totally blurred out mm -hmm. like you, you see a, a shot of, of that like a lot now but it's, it's just it's, it's a fun opportunity to kind of play with shutter speeds a little bit yeah um but like yeah you totally gotta jump out and like either stand on the back of the truck or get on the roof or like for sure get kind of weird with it or like if, if you have time one cool one is like like jump out of the vehicle and like either run ahead or have them like drop you off and then just yeah. like get shots of them coming by like again play with your shutter speed like slow, slow your shutter speed down and then like, like pan with the vehicle. You can get some kind of sweet, like blur motion action type shots. So, yeah, I think on travel, if you have the time and you can like go drop yourself off and then have the truck drive back and drive again. Yeah. You can get some really cool like shots of like the truck or whatever vehicle you're in, like traveling, especially yeah. like towards you away from you. There's some really good opportunities if you have a drone as well. Oh, absolutely. I know when we did that Reading shoot to California, you know, we got some really awesome shots, but it takes like, you have to budget in like extra hours almost <laughs> totally, to like yeah. get those shots if yeah. you're going to do, you know, a handful of them, which sometimes doesn't make sense. Other trips it does. Yeah. But yeah. If yeah. you got the time, like totally take advantage of it. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of hunting things, it's, it's just go, go, go. And then. To, to factor in just a little bit extra time to like shoot a few photos like it could be challenging for sure <laughs> how did your you're shooting the a7r3 yep they held up good they both survived nice frankly i don't know how the, the last <laughs> hunt was extremely wet <laughs> um, did you ever put your camera in anything yeah so i brought the um couple different things a like a lens coat rain a, cover? yeah lens coat rain cover i had a, a, a rugard rain sleeve which is just like a plastic deal um they both work super well uh, the only problem is like if it's like super rainy for multiple days on end you're just getting it's kind of impossible to keep moisture out unless you've got them in a like an underwater housing yeah and then if, if you reach in with your hand your hands wet and you like if you're actually touching the camera like things just constantly get wet yeah um or like you don't have your camera in a rain bag and then like it's clear and sunny then all of a sudden this crazy squall comes through and you're like oh my gosh like super epic photo opportunity yeah like it's only going to be a five minute rain squall but it's going to be a soaker like do i risk it and just get the shot because i know it's going to be epic or do i like spend the time to put on this rain cover i'm I like i'll probably i'll probably still get the shot but i might not like i had a few of those happen and 
I chose not to put the rain cover on. Did you get the epic shot? Though? I got the shot though. Nice. But then, but it's like, well, geez, you got a three thousand dollar camera and like a couple thousand dollar lens, so it's like, eh. yeah. In the moment, you don't really think about that stuff. But then after the fact, on like day ten, when your things are like full of condensation, you're like, oh no. <laughs> what lens did you use the most? Do you think? Um. So, well, I was did you take any new lenses too? Yeah. Two so part question. You know, great question. So, the, let's see. I was doing kind of like a, I call it a calculation, I guess, of uh, um, of photos that I've like, of all the photos that I've sold the most or, or like ones that have been used the most, like which lens produced like those images. Yeah. Um, and like, like tenfold, it's the, uh, the 70 to 200 f2.8. Like, yeah. like that lens just takes epic photos, just provides a different kind of perspective that, well, one, you can't really see with your own two eyes. And then, like, two, like, not many people are using that lens just because it's kind of big and heavy. But, like, it produces epic, epic photos. Yeah. And, like, almost, like, yeah, ma- majority of the photos that have been used of mine um, have been shot with that lens. So, I'm like, okay, there's a sign. I should yeah. use that lens more. Um, but a good lens because if you get away from your photographer or your subject, your yeah. owners, when you're shooting photos, you have the ability to zoom in and it almost like benefits you. Totally. Or if you have a wide angle and you step back, you have to like run yeah. to try to catch up to them. Yeah. Yeah. With the 7200, I mean, primarily like I'm, I'm trying to stay back at least 20 yards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sweet, sweet lens. Um, long story short, the, uh, the day before I went or I, or a couple days before I left to go on the trip, um, my 7200 it was like super loose so like mm. some of the screws were loose and i like some of the internal screws and i'm like man like that's not good like but it didn't really seem to affect the shot but i was like the thing would like jiggle yeah like you grab it and kind of wiggle it and it would be like click 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 like kind of clunk a little bit i'm like oh boy that's not good so i, I took it to a local uh camera repair place here in bozeman and uh I was hoping they'd be able to tighten the screws and maybe put some loctite in which they, they've done on some lenses that i've had in the past but uh they were able to do it to a couple of the screws, but there was a bunch of internal screws that mm. were loose. And for them, like they had to, we had, had to send the lens back to Sony. So I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> and so I'm just like, okay, like, can I rent one from you guys? And they're like, well, yeah, but like, what's your time frame? I'm like a month. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, no. <laughs> so last minute I basically got a, a lens, a 70 to 200 overnighted to me, um, from a super popular online rental, um, place. And, uh, um, yeah, so whatever had a 7200, everything seems great. Um, I start shooting with it on the hunt. And, like, I don't know, when you shoot a photo, like, obviously you can, like, see it in the viewfinder or, yeah. or display it on your back screen. So you can kind of review the photos and see what we shot. And, like, but it, it's a super small screen. But but even then, like, I was shooting these photos. And, like, if, you, it would, if you'd stop it down to, like, f2.8, which is kind of, like, the money kind of zone. With, like, if you're getting a 7200 f2.8, you probably want to shoot on yeah. two eight lot because it, yeah. it's going to provide a lot of really just sweet like uh, bokeh or like background blur. So it really gives that that it provides that look. Um, so anyway, so I'm like I'm mostly shooting on lower apertures like that, and uh, but like on the display screen, I'm looking at them. I'm like, man, like some of these don't seem sharp. And so like, but I, I wasn't like convinced of it. I just kind of it just something didn't seem right. And I'm messing with my settings. I'm like ah, like I don't know, and and so. Fortunately, I kind of like decided not to use that lens. Like I was going to wait till I got back to my computer to like review yeah. the photos because something just seemed off. And uh, 
so um so instead i started using my 50 mil f 1.8 yeah and it, it kind of gives the same look but it's, it's a little bit wider angle obviously and like fortunately i shot a bunch with that lens and i didn't shoot with 7200 because when i got back um, to my computer i put in the photos and uh, everything that i shot from f4 to f 2.8 was like fuzzy hmm. and so the lens was not sharp and so i call up yeah and i'm i'm like committed like i, I can't leave you know um, or I, I, I'm like in the middle of the Northwest territories. It's not like they can just <laughs> ship me another lens. And, uh, so yeah, so I followed up with the, the place and like, they thought they had fixed it. It was actually a previously known issue with that lens. Yeah. Um, but come to find out they didn't fix it. And so mm -hmm. they, they refunded me fully, which I would ever appreciate, but it's like, man, like I it's felt so like there were so many lost opportunities cause I didn't yeah. have that lens. Then I didn't have it on the next trip either. Cause it was a back to back yeah. deal. So did it make you shoot different in any good ways? Um, <clears throat> well, it, it, it very much made me use my 50 mil a lot more, which is actually like, I, I love that lens. I, I've always loved that lens. That was yeah. the, the first lens that I, that I learned on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I also love it cause it's so small and light and there's really no, like, oh, yeah. you put it on your shoulder. It's just, there's, you know, not even right there. Neck, like not even there. Yeah. I'm just like laughing with that one. Right. But it's like, but if you want to get any of those shots where it's like the hunters 20 yards in front of you, maybe there's an animal or something. Like we had a lot of those opportunities. Like I couldn't really get that, Yeah, which was a bummer. So, hmm. um, but then, so I, between my second and my third trip, I, I actually had, I had two and a half days where I flew back to Bozeman real quick. And then, uh, my, my personal lens that that I had had to get shipped to Sony was actually got fixed and got shipped back to the house. So I was able to have that on my last one. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. So I wasn't deprived then, but, uh, um, yeah, that was a, that's a, that's a tough one not to have. How do you back up your photos on trips? Do you just shoot on cards and when it's full, you just put it back in on the sleeve and wait till you get back to civilization? Yeah. So, uh, the cameras I'm shooting, they have, um, they have dual memory card slots. Yep. And so, you can do a simultaneous, like within the camera settings, you can either, you can either choose to like, oh, fill up the first card. And then like once the first card is filled, just automatically rotate or like, you know, swap over to the second card. Yeah. Like that's great. Cause you have a pile of memory, but what I like to do is I always like, I always like to have two copies of everything. And so I'll do a simultaneous write. And basically what that means is it's making gotcha. a copy of every, every single time I press the shutter down or take a photo, it's making a copy to each card. Um, so you obviously eat up a lot more space, yeah. um, but I'm running 128 gig memory cards and I don't know when I fill up my little Pelican case full, I can get 15,000 images, which is plenty. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and then, but then as soon as I get back, like, like on this one, it was kind of a bit of a file management. Uh, it wasn't a nightmare. I just like had to make stuff happen as soon as I could when I get back to my computer. And that was to basically make two copies of everything back on my computer and my, my hard drive. So, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those little cards are like, yeah, 300 megabytes a second. It's like, well, that is fast, but it, <laughs> still when you're trying to back up 250 gigs of stuff, it still seems to take hours. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, did you get sick of mountain house? <laughs> what's your go, what's your go to, uh, meal? Uh, well, let's start with my go to, I Cause guess. that's a lot of days back there. I yeah. mean, Dustin Rowe really spends a lot of days, but yeah, like a full on like mountain hunting guide. Like those guys are spending like 90 days in the field. Yeah. And like, 
And, and well, I don't know. I mean, not not every hunt goes ten days, but a lot of their hunts like absolutely go eight, nine, ten days. So they're eating freeze dried or rehydrated like every single night. So I I uh, don't envy them. But uh, <laughs> um, my yeah, my go to from the mountain house side is uh, I love the macaroni and cheese. Hmm. It's super calorie rich. There's like there's like almost a thousand calories in one of them. Wow. Yeah. A, so if you, if you have like a big, like a doozy of a day and you're like starving, like that's the one to go to for sure. Um, if I had a light day and I'm not super hungry, which is rare, I, I'm kind of like a, I don't know, human garbage disposal. Like I eat anything <laughs> when I'm on a hunt, I just like, I can't stop eating. So, <laughs> so it's rare that I'm not actually hungry, but, uh, no, the, the pasta primavera is super good. Um, there's a bunch of other companies out there that are making some really epic stuff. That's like, that's way healthier and it doesn't like mess with your gut. What are your, like, what's your go-to then? Um, there's one from, uh, guy, Jordan Reasoner it's called humble foods. Yeah. I don't think he's put them out in the market yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they're out yeah. yet, but they're crazy good. And like they sit, they just sit well with you. Like, um, and it, it tastes like, like a home cooked meal, which nice. is super awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, all of them are actually really good. So, um, there's another one off grid that they're starting to make. Um, yep. I, I like some of their, I haven't had all their stuff, but they're like breakfast. Yeah. Stuff is the bomb.com. Yeah. But yeah, I mean all those. That ones showed are, up. Shout out. Yeah. Shout that out. country fuel box, <laughs> 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 which it's is totally. actually, it's, it's good. Good deal. Backcountry fuel box is just a monthly subscription box. You get all kinds of backpacking food. It's yeah. a great way to try. Oh, new dude. stuff. And then if you like it, I've learned about it. so many new, like different food things that are out there. Cause like yeah. once you get set in one thing, you're kind of like, this is what I like. And then yep. like, yeah, every month I get these like fuel bar or back your fuel box. And I'm like, what's yep. that? <laughs> and shout out to Cody. He's letting us use his podcasting headsets too. Yeah. Thanks Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our payback for to Cody. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Peak refuel is awesome too. I like those ones. Yeah. I had one of those in the last trip. So yeah, it was really good. Any other good ones on your radar? Those are kind of the main ones. I know I know of a few other companies that are going to start coming out with yeah. with kind of freeze dried or rehydrated meals. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Just stay on the lookout. Like, just because Mountain House is kind of the, the main one, it's like like don't be afraid to try some others because I I think there's like really there's a lot more healthy options and there's ones that are just going to like that are not going to like mess with your gut as much for sure. So. Alrighty, well, we'll wrap it up. What's you have like a good takeaway from this trip? Something new that you learned, or any good little insight? Um, forty-two days out there. Yeah, so I guess from a shot list perspective, um, the, the the first two hunts that I went on, actually the the, the client, the brand that set me up there, they, they actually gave me a photo brief. And this was the first time I've ever had a photo brief from a, from a client going into a hunt. And, uh, that was super nice. Like I, I like I always go into a hunt and have kind of a, a general shot, like list, like, like a, like theme list that I go into a hunt with like, Oh, like I want to shoot photos around this or this or that. Um, but that's more like personally, like what I'm after, but then to, to actually get that from a brand and kind of get their vision, mm-hmm. um, that was super awesome and super helpful. And I felt like I was able to hopefully like shoot more what, what they were after. Sure. Um, and it just, it's just so awesome to provide direction. Cause sometimes like, like I don't know about your life, but like my life, like leading into these hunts, it's so freaking busy and crazy. Like oh, yeah. I don't even have time to think sometimes. Yeah. And then when I get on the hunt, it's like, oh man, like 
it's just it's so nice when you have a shot list because it really helps you focus for sure yeah i'm leaving to go out and like i'll shoot photos for three days and then help a buddy try to get a bowl for four or so and i probably won't pack until like two hours before i'm supposed to leave for that trip. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't have time yeah because <laughs> i'm literally so busy the rest of the week so yeah did you take any of your own shot lists with you or did you just kind of go you know this one i didn't stuff? yeah i i honestly i just ran out of time yeah that, there was a so there's a few uh every time i see a really crazy wild instagram post you, yeah. can, you can like save to you can make your own collection on instagram and i have like an inspiration one i yeah i've saved some stuff um to there so there's some a handful of just kind of wild, unique, interesting shots. And um, a lot of those shots though, they take, like they wouldn't normally just happen on a hunt. Yeah. So some of it, you kind of have to like, like maybe even show it to like whoever you're shooting photos of. Be like, hey, like this is what I'm thinking. Like, like if you could like go stand out over there, like. Yeah, like if you see a really sick spot to glass from, yeah. wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should go there. Yeah, go there and like, yeah, just just think about like, and, and that's, I mean, there's, there's so many aspects to photography and hunting photography, especially, but it's like, uh, communicating really well with your hunter and like sh showing them kind of what you're producing along the way. And so they're like, oh, sweet. And then like, eventually they're, they're like, they're going to work with you and like, they're going to try to help you out and like to, to help you get those kind of especially cool shots. So, yeah, you're the leader as the photographer. So the more you can communicate your vision, the more they can like see it and be, invested in like trying to help you get those shots which yeah. goes a long ways yeah absolutely as opposed to them just like oh he's trying to take my photo <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh like he showed me what he wants to do and i've seen some of the shots and they're epic like yeah i'll do that or yeah like you know i got your back type of deal which goes a long ways on those trips yeah, especially sure. when it's like a long hunt and people are getting worn down and <laughs> A little bit thin. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time and a place to do minimal, a little bit of directing too, but um, yeah. Normally, I just like to let things kind of play out how they actually will, but uh, but sometimes like during some really like epic light or really key moments, yeah. you, you might be like, hey, slow down real quick. Just like, let me like get this shot. And, like, um, So it's not like a stage shot by any means, but it's just kind of no, like- No, just a little, little direction. Yeah, it's just kind of verification that you're going to like actually capture that moment, so. Yep. Well, sweet, man. Yeah. What's next? More trips. More trips. Um, but I've also got a couple hunts. Basically, I'm in uh, Montana the next like month. A um, couple personal elk hunts. And then uh, we're doing a... Uh, I did the series, um, started six months ago. It's called Anyone's Hunt. Yeah. And uh, we, did, we went down to Arizona. And kind of the premise of the series is to showcase hunting opportunities mainly in the United States that are available to anyone and like showcase, like, here's how to do it. Like, you know, cause I feel like a lot of hunting opportunities, like, like for me, I'm like, it's like, I understand hunting in Montana really well, but for me to go hunt out of state, like it is a, uh, it's a, there's a huge barrier to entry to sure. all of it. And like, uh, I mean, I'm very involved in the hunting community and hunting space. So like, I think of people that that aren't as involved and it's like, man, that must be, it's so incredibly daunting. So I'm, yeah. so it, my, my goal with this, uh, with the series is to try to knock down some of those barriers to entry. And so we're, we're doing a, uh, a Montana archery antelope, um, hunt. Nice. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a tag that you, you can, you, you have to apply for, but like draws are basically hundred percent. There's actually been leftover tags the last couple of years yep. and you can hunt the entire state of Montana and it's super fun hunting. You can hunt all day. Like 
just kind of antelope all over. So we're, we're going to do a, a video series. Yeah. On that. My advice on that is try to find antelope where you can actually stalk them and kill them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Last weekend I went antelope hunting and we saw a lot, but they were in a lot of spots where you can't get like closer than 300 yards before they see you. And you're just driving around a lot, hoping to find them in the right spots. And it's like some areas that's just very limited areas that they're going to be stockable on. I think you just need to be more sneaky, Zach. <laughs> After a long week of work, and I don't want to army crawl like a thousand <laughs> yards, so I'm like, no. Yeah, you definitely not going to go for that. Yeah, you got to pick your stocks for sure. I've, yeah. I've started doing that for sure. For sure. Well, sweet man. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out um, the website, go to thehuntingphotographer.com. We have a big online photography course and mentorship. So if you guys are thinking about pursuing photography full-time uh any professional level it's kind of like a no-brainer just to get you st started and um we're actually going to do a podcast here in a minute with one of our students who's just moved to bozeman so i think the networking opportunities and the one-on-one -on -one time is like worth the price of admission let alone all of the course content so Absolutely. be looking for that and then another thing i don't even know if drake knows this yet but um sitka gear <clears throat> runs a photo contest every year and we're going to be giving away uh free access to our course to any of the winners in diverge this year so be sure to be looking for diverge 8 to drop uh should be the beginning of september and it's going to run through january 1st so you have a super big window um, to go in and try to document your hunt in a unique and divergent way um, and be involved with that. So be looking for that. And Drake's going to be one of the judges as well. I so, am, so get ready. <laughs> heck yeah. So yeah, hopefully you guys like that. And um, yeah, take care.